Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Total Dream Life Project. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Dickert, and I am excited to have you here today. Welcome to episode 39. We are one week away from the big 4-0. I just want to thank everyone for listening, as always. Um, Every week, I make sure to point out how grateful I am that there are people that listen to this. But I realize that I don't really talk about why I'm so grateful. So some of the things that have been really nice about this podcast that have really helped me out over the past 39 weeks, it's definitely helped me become a better communicator. Um, It's a great exercise in being consistent, you know, saying you're going to do something and then actually doing it, doing it week after week. Um, is one of the best ways to really make big changes over time. So I've had a lot of fun. You know, I've had a lot of challenge. I've learned a lot of things, and I've grown from doing this. So it's really benefiting me as much as I hope it's benefiting you. Um, It's also been fun to get to deep dive and research into different topics that interest me and, you know, topics that I want to share with all of you. Um, Shout out, by the way, to PubMed. Uh, When I was in school, PubMed, which is a big collection of, you know, like, um, scientific articles, it was behind a paywall, and you could only get little bits of it. And now it seems to me like all of PubMed is free, so I get to read a lot of research papers and try to digest them and bring them to you in a way that's a little more uh, understandable and a little less heady, so that's been fun. And I think in my personal life, it's helping me share better. You know, I'm sharing more about my experiences with people, talking more about my feelings, you know, really getting into it. So, Um, I hope this is benefiting you. I know it's benefiting me, so I appreciate you being here, and I look forward to doing this for many more episodes and many more weeks and many more months and years, uh, if that's where it goes. And if not, that's okay, too. All right, so what's new this week? We got to hang out last week with the Baltimore chapter of the Total Dream Life Project Appreciation Society. That was a great time. You know, they uh, were in, in Brooklyn, and it was really great to see them. Uh, last week I was in Bathhouse, which is a um, place in Brooklyn that has like saunas and cold plunges. So I was going from the different saunas where I would spend a few minutes in there, get really hot, and then go into the cold plunge, which was very cold. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoy the cold plunge. I set a new record for myself. I was up to like 10 minutes in there. Um, and I'm excited to see how that goes. You know, the cold plunge is really cool because it's a uh, it's a big stress for your body, but it can be a big positive stress or a eustress uh, as opposed to a negative stress or distress. Um, so, yeah, big fan of the cold plunge, trying to figure out how to work that into my regular routine. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. Um, let's see. What else is going on? So the Liberty, the Phillies, they all fell short in their games, so, but they had great seasons, so shout out to them. The Eagles look like they're really finding their form. They played great against uh, the Dolphins on Sunday. It was a lot of fun to watch. Like I said, RIP Phillies, but you had a good season. You were a lot of fun for a long time. Um, I don't watch baseball during the regular season, so it's always fun when October has some baseball to watch. Uh, But, yeah, happy trails. Um, The next couple weeks, I'm actually working on something. So I got this idea in my head of doing, like, a soft cleanse, You know, where I'm cleansing, but it's not like the most rigorous thing. Uh, You know, maybe like an 80% cleanse or like a mostly cleanse. Uh, And part of the reason I'm thinking this is because like one of the biggest problems I have with like finding time to do a 30-day cleanse or a 75 this or, you know, know, 
sometimes depending on the time of year, even like to find 10 days or a few days is like timing, right? Because you got birthdays, you got holidays, um, the world is full of horrors, you know, all these things. So uh, instead of waiting for the perfect time where I can be like, I'm going to not, I'm going to be a perfect human for 21 days, I'm just going to start, you know, 21 days started yesterday. I'm going to try to be the best I can while also living life and having fun. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect to be helpful. And I'm more interested in exploring that kind of middle ground. One of the things I notice when I do um, some version of a 75 uh, soft, I think I called it, um, or like when you do a 30-day cleanse or when you're, you know, doing a sober October is like it's all great in the moment. But then afterwards, you have this skill that you've practiced for 30 days or 75 days that's not really congruent with the life you're living. Uh, so what I'm working on now is I'm trying to build into these habits into what I want to be and not these extreme habits that are great for a couple weeks but don't really serve me uh, in my real life. You know, the classic story is the person who does a dry January or a sober October and they're like, oh, I feel great. And then they go on a bender for February because they were so good in January. Uh, you know, the person who goes on a diet for 30 days and then is like, all right, I've eaten nothing but vegetables and protein for the last month. Now I can have all the cake and cookies I want. So rather than trying these extreme things, I'm really trying to figure out how to uh, foster these sustainable things. Um, so stay tuned. We'll talk more about it. Um, you know, and also I had this concept where it's like, yeah, I can be, you know, eating, eating healthy, eating clean, you know, six days out of the week. And on the seventh day you go to a devil's game and you want, and you eat a hot dog while you drink a soda or drink a beer, you know, um, again, something I'm kind of working on something I'm, I'll, I'll talk more about, but it's what I'm excited about this week. So I also realized that it's less than two months away until my 41st birthday, which sounds really weird to say. That sounds weirder to me to say than that I've been doing podcasts for 39 weeks in a row. Um, it's been an interesting year, you know. Part of that interesting year has been the podcast, has been learning about how to share and communicate better and, you know, research and talk about things in a way that's understandable. But also it's been about you know, the year about getting to know myself, you know, quote unquote, doing shadow work, going to therapy, um, really exploring my motivations and my thoughts and my feelings. Um, and at this point, I feel like I've probably created more questions for myself than answers, but I like where it's heading. You know, it hasn't been easy, like learning about myself and learning about my motivations and trying to really get to a deeper level than you know, the last 15 or 20 years where I've been doing work, you know, learning, coaching, doing all these things. But I feel like this year the focus has been like diving deeper and really getting in there, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, asking questions, learning about yourself. It probably never ends, but it's uh, it's been a trip so far this year. I like where it's going, but I still have a lot of work to do on myself. So stay tuned. I'm sure we'll talk about it more over the next 39 episodes. Uh, but I do encourage you, you don't have to wait until you turn 40, you know, you can do this at 18, you can do this at 15, um, you know, the resources are available to you, you know, I was talking with my therapist a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about this idea where I'm not beating myself up, but I'm aware of this sense that like, oh, 
I started therapy at 40. You know, I probably could have started therapy at 20. And, you know, just think. And again, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. You can't go backwards. You can only go forwards. And my therapist kind of had that response, you know, like you didn't have the ability to do, you know, therapy is not free. So she was like, you didn't maybe have the ability to do it when you're 20. And I said, yeah, no, I get that. And I'm not going to say that like I should have. But in retrospect, I could have gotten a job at Starbucks. I could have made 600 bucks a month, you know, working on the side that I could have put towards therapy. I could have gone out less or bought less things or, you know, done different things. But I'd be a different person. So, like, again, we're not wishing like, oh, what if? It's just an interesting thought. So if you're at a stage in your life where you want to learn more about yourself or you want to start doing things, get creative. Think of ways that you can do stuff or where you can find the resources to really focus on what matters. And in order to do that, you need to figure out what your values are, you need to figure out what your goals are, and you need to um, sometimes learn how to say no to things. Uh, you know, No matter how much money or energy or time or uh, whatever it is that you have, you still have that finite resource. You know, There's very few of us that have unlimited resources. Um, if you do have unlimited resources, hit me up on social media. I will start a Patreon page. Uh, but for the rest of us, you got to be intentional about what you do. But I'm getting off. I digress. So let's get into this week's episode. I want to keep this one short. Last week was a little bit stressful for myself, and it was a little bit stressful for everyone else. So let's get into this week's episode where we are talking about uh, how to deal with stressful events in life. Welcome to another episode of the Total Dream Life Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Thomas Dicker. I'm a chiropractor, meditation teacher, entrepreneur, and lover of life, and I'm excited to have you join me for this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Like I said in the intro, this week we're talking about how to reset, how to deal with some of the horrors. Uh, you know, last week, episode 38, we were talking about microplastics. If you haven't listened to it and you're in a good place, go back and listen to it. It's the first episode that we had to put a trigger warning on the description because it was a very stressful episode. Um, again, I wasn't expecting it to be such a wildly, like, ubiquitous topic that's really affecting every area of our planet and our health but in researching it in talking about it it stressed me out you know i got feedback from a lot of people that were like whoa that was a crazy episode like whoa i can't believe it i didn't think about that so this week i wanted to talk more about like a what all of the stress what all of the news what all of the you know events around the world what that's doing to us mentally physically you know emotionally um, but also some ways that we can kind of reset and uh, kind of help process the stress or deal with the stress or just avoid it you know um, obviously there's some episodes if you go back into the catalog where we talk about stress where we talk about gratitude where we talk about some of the different things we're going to talk in this episode but I think this is a good one I think it's worth us revisiting especially after last week because last week got heavy so Let's recap. What are some of the effects of stressful information on us? Uh, stressful information, whether it's news, uh, whether it's sports, 
Phillies, uh, Liberty, uh, <laughs> you know, whether it's work, whether it's life, whether it's health, there's tons of information out there, and we have pretty much unlimited information. The majority of us are carrying around super p- computers in our pocket. We're all connected to the internet, so we can all know everything that's happening all the time, um, much to our, like, m- much not to our benefit, necessarily. Um, so mental and emotional health. Chronic stress, chronic consumption of negative information, chronic listening of episode 38 about microplastics can uh, lead to different changes in our uh, brain and our central nervous system. Chronic stress can actually lead to structural changes in our brain. And over time, those structural changes in our brain, like atrophy of different parts or shrinking of the brain um, or decreased weight of the brain can affect the brain's function and how the brain deals with stress in the future. So chronic stress can make us more susceptible to stress and give us more negative effects of the stress. So it's not just a one-time thing. It can be a cumulative thing, um, but it can change the way your brain responds to stress. It can change the immune function in your body. Uh, stress factors can actually pass that blood-brain barrier, get into your brain and affect the immune, the immune system function in a negative way. It can affect the lymph system in a negative way, which is also involved in your immune system. Um, and it decreases the function of the immune cells and it impairs your overall immune system. So it's not just something you imagine that like, oh, I got stressed out and I got sick or, oh, something negative in the world happened and all of a sudden I got a cold, you know. Um, stress is directly linked to your immune system. Stress can lead to malignancy, meaning stress can lead to like cancer and cancerous changes in your body. Um, that stress, that chronic stress by affects your immune system over time and it decreases the effect of the quote unquote killer cells in your immune system. So your immune system is made up of different cells and this should probably be its own podcast. So maybe we'll get back to it. Um, but these killer cells, they go around and when something's not functioning right or when there's a cell that's acting weird or when there's an invader in your body, they attack and kill it. Um, if they're not functioning properly, they miss some of the negative cells or some of the cancerous cells or some of the um, you know, cells that aren't acting right. And it can lead to growth of these malignant cells, spreading of the malignant cells. It can actually lead to genetic instability. Because if you're not getting rid of the, of the cells that have improper genetic coding, then they start to multiply, and that starts to spread through the system. Uh, and it can actually lead to the expansion of tumors. So stress can have a very real effect on our health and our longevity. Um, it also can affect our cognition. So chronic stress can lead to behavioral changes, cognitive changes, mood disorders, and it can also worsen these conditions in people that have them already. Um, even acute stress just like chronic stress, can affect your cognition. Um, It can halt or limit the genesis of neurons in the parts of your brain or in the parts of the adult brain that are still growing and still able to make new neurons. So that can affect your uh, memory. It can affect your cognition. It can affect your mood. uh, And all those effects can be very negative over time. Uh, Chronic stress can affect cognition in animals. They've done studies on animals and put them in chronically stressful situations. And what they find is chronic stress can age a brain the same way that time or aging can age your brain. So, you know, you can take a teenager mouse or a teenager rat, stress it out, and it has the brain of a geriatric rat if the stress is chronic enough and lasts long enough. So this is really affecting um, how we are in the current, but it's also affecting us in the future. 
uh, memory. Like we said, this can affect your memory. It can affect the hippocampus, which is the part of the brain that helps take short-term memory and turn it into long-term memory. Um, it can have memory disorders with chronic stress. It can affect our ability to learn. Uh, paradoxically, in certain situations, stress like a life-threatening situation or a sudden emergency can actually sharpen your memory. You know, those moments in life where everything slows down and you can remember every detail of everything, it's typically because of a short-term stress that puts you in a certain zone. Um, you know, in academic settings, stress can help you remember more for an exam, but it can also make you remember less for an exam. Uh, you know, they do tests and hitting people with certain amounts of stress, depending on the duration of the, of the stress and how the subjects feel about the stressful event are going to affect how they perform on tests. So two people can have the same stress for the same event. One person's mind can go completely blank, flashback to chiropractic school, taking a neuro test. Everything's, nothing's making sense. Afterwards, I talked to someone else who took the same test and they're like, oh yes, this was the answer. And I go, oh yeah, I got that. And then like, I know that now, but that's not what I put on the test. And they're like, all right, well, this was the next answer. I was like, of course that was the answer, but I, that wasn't available to me when I was taking the test because I was stressed out in a way where things weren't making sense to me and things that I knew weren't connecting. Whereas he was stressed in a way where he was taking a test, but he was confident about the information and he was confident about the questions. So he was understanding everything and he was having a very easy time. And in retrospect, it wasn't the most difficult test, but because of the stress and the way that I was experiencing it, I wasn't able to understand the questions. So getting the answers wasn't even available to me, whereas he could very easily understand the questions and realize that they weren't that difficult. Um, so stress affects our learning. It affects our memory. Um, it can be good, but it can also be bad. Most of us have such chronic stress that we've gone well past the uh, positive effects, and many of us in a very stressed-out society like the one we live in are dealing with a lot of the negative effects. Um, stress over time can have very negative effects on your central nervous system. That's what we've been talking about. It can change the structure. It can change the reactivity. Um, but it can also affect our body, our physiological body, um, our physical body in negative ways as well. Uh, you know, unchecked stress can affect our cardiovascular system. It can lead to high blood pressure, heart disease, coronary artery disease, uh, and a whole list of things. It can lead to, to obesity. It can lead to or worsen diabetes. Uh, it has a lot of effects on our gastrointestinal system uh, in a couple different ways. You know, stressed out can affect how hungry you are. It can affect your appetite. Uh, but it can also affect the function of the, of the GI system. Um, it can change the physiology. It can make it more permeable, which is not a good thing. Uh, when, you're, when the lining of your gut is too permeable, then things like bacteria and foreign objects and plastics can get into the bloodstream and cause inflammation, cause irritation, and lead to other problems. Uh, this can, you know, long-term chronic stress can lead to uh, irritation of the viscera, of the digestive tract, of the walls, of the intestines and things like that. You know, things like Crohn's disease can be worsened and all that from chronic stress. Uh, so, you know, it can also impact the blood flow uh, to the GI system, but really to the whole body is affected by stress. Again, the high blood pressure or the tense, tightened arteries not getting the right blood flow and really affecting the function. And it can also affect the microbiome 
which we talked about in another podcast, but it can affect the health and the uh, variety and the robustness of your microbiome. So it also can affect our well-being. It can affect our relationships with other people. Um, it can have uh, global events in our body. Um, so there's a really big importance that we figure out ways and strategies to acknowledge our stress and to address it in healthy fashions. You know, you want to monitor yourself throughout the day. You want to do kind of like a stress journal, right? So you want to figure out what is causing the stress. Um, how did you feel about that stress? How did you react to it? And what did you do to make yourself feel better afterwards? You know, that's a really uh, good basic way to kind of start looking at your stress and acknowledging it throughout the day. So one thing that um, over the years I've been you know, very good at the very naturally to do that turned out not to be very healthy is I was very good at just kind of bottling up things and putting them away. So I'd have a stressful event, I'd bottle it up, I'd be like, that's not a problem, tuck it down deep. And the problem with that is when you're doing that as your main coping strategy over years and years and years, eventually you have to still deal with those emotions. You can't just ignore emotions. You can't just tuck them down deep in your belly. Um, they're still there. These events, these stresses, you still are going to have to deal with them one day. So if you can develop a practice of dealing with them as they arise, it can help deal with the backlog and over time really lower the base level of stress on your body. So again, journaling about it, uh, coming up with a plan to address it, you know, Sometimes you might have to have more reasonable expectations about yourself or about a situation. Uh, we all can benefit from asking for help. That help can be friends and family. That help can be from professionals. If you're dealing with issues related to stress, definitely reach out to some professionals for some guidance. Um, and, you, you know, look at your life. Figure out how you can eliminate some of the non-essential things. Um, one thing to understand is that the quote-unquote tipping point of stress, you know, that moment where the stress starts to overflow and bubble into negative reactions or symptoms or things like that, that's going to vary from person to person. One person might just naturally have a higher tipping point. It doesn't mean that they shouldn't be doing these things where they acknowledge and address the situation, but it means that you shouldn't be comparing your reaction to stress to another person's reaction to stress. The most important thing to realize when you're dealing with stress is you're dealing with how stress affects you and your limitations or your capacities might be higher or lower than the people around you, which in itself can lead to stress if you're not understanding that that's just who you are versus that's just who they are. Um, sometimes your true source of stress can be deeper than what you think. So you have to look closely at your habits, look closely at the excuses you make and look closely at your attitudes, you know. Do you explain away stress? Oh, it's no big deal. Or, oh, it's, it's inconvenient, but it's just for a day or two. Um, or do you see it as like an essential part of your life? Like, oh, our apartment's always this way. Like, it's always chaos in our house, um, you know. Uh, or is it just like, well, I thrive on stress. I need to have this to get my work done. Um, do you blame others? Are you finding fault in others? Are you blaming outside events? Are you like... Oh, well, the, re the reason I'm this way or I'm in a bad mood because the Phillies lost last night, um, you know, or do you minimize it? Do you say, oh, no big deal? Or do you view it as normal and unavoidable? You know, one of the things that I've found is I've been exploring and learning about stress and how best to react to it and respond to it is that I'm very, uh, very quick to minimize it, to be like, 
well, it's no big deal, or it's just the way it is, or this happens to everyone. So almost like negating the validity of having a stressful response or having feelings about it. And again, that can sometimes be very helpful in the short term uh, or in the immediate moment when you have a bunch of stresses. But in the long term, if that's like the primary way you're dealing with things, it can lead to problems down the road. So again, if any of this stuff resonates with you, try talking to a healthcare professional or reading up on the topic or learning a little bit more about these things. So what are some of the ways that we can deal with stress? So we have a couple different things and really like go back and listen to the last 38 episodes because we talk about stress. We talk about different ways to deal with it, but we're going to recap some of them for us now. So headspace things. We've got meditation. We love meditation here at the Total Dream Life. Um, there's a million times of meditation. My go-to meditation is mindfulness meditation. That's the meditation I'm trained in. Um, it can be seated meditation or walking meditation, but meditation does not need to be a rigid thing. Um, look it up on YouTube, reach out to a teacher, reach out to me, uh, you know, look online, look on social media. You'll find plenty of meditation teachers, find someone who resonates with you, who doesn't seem too eccentric or doesn't seem like, you know, they're starting a cult and work with them or learn from them or watch some videos. Breathwork, same thing. Breathwork can be super powerful. Just make sure the person that you are learning breathwork from is a reliable, responsible person. Um, spiritual practices, you know, whether that is going to church or praying or, you know, things like astrology or, um, you know, anything can be a spiritual practice. There's a tons of practices throughout the history of the world, all helping you to deal with stress, deal with your relation to your environment. Um, they can be, you know, traditional religions, uh, spiritual practices, all sorts of things. Uh, practicing gratitude. Practicing gratitude is one of the biggest things. I make sure to do it every day. If I'm laying in bed and I can't fall asleep or I wake up in the morning and I'm not ready to get out of bed, I sit there and I just list things that I'm grateful for. When I start the podcast and when I end the podcast, I list things that I'm grateful for. You is what I'm grateful for. Uh, but grounding techniques, uh, so grounding techniques can be shaking, chanting, dancing, um, you know, like the NeuroFit app, uh, mental exercises, all these things can be really good for you. Mental exercises like visualization, uh, like, you know, picturing your day, picturing how you want it to go, picturing what you, you know, picturing how you want to see the future, picturing, um, you know, how you want a relationship to go or things like that can all help you deal with the stress of them. Having hobbies is a great way to deal with stress, but uh, there's a quick side note for that. So we want to be looking for active hobbies versus inactive hobbies. So active hobbies, learning to play the guitar, playing sports, you know, going for a walk, walking in nature, whatever it might be, versus sitting in front of the television, endlessly doom scrolling the internet, you know, because things like that can really increase the stress in your life. Reading is a great way to decrease stress. Um, but again, and we're going to talk about this in a second, you want to be intentional, intentional about what you're putting into your brain. Um, building emotional resilience. So emotional resilience is, for your emotions, similar to like physical resilience going to the gym. Um, so there's a big significance in the amount of your emotional resilience and how you're able to process difficult information. Um, and there's a lot of strategies out there to help increase it. We might do a whole podcast on emotional resilience, but I really recommend that you look into it, maybe Google it if it resonates with you. Um, you know, 
raising your emotional self-awareness, developing healthy coping skills, getting support from friends and families and professionals, you know. These things are all things that can help increase your emotional resilience. Uh, having a strong network of relationships can be a stress buffer. Then you have people that you can reach out to when you're having a tough time. You can ask questions. You can ask advice. Uh, different people have different perspectives and different ideas on things, and that can be really powerful for us. Uh, you know, oftentimes we don't realize what we don't realize, and someone else may realize it very easily. So talk to your friends. Talk to your family. Let them know what you're feeling. And again, if any of this feels like too much, reach out to a professional. Um, again, we talked about the stress journal already, but that's a great way to get in there. Um, responsible information consumption. We are surrounded by all of the information in the world at our fingertips. Uh, you want to set boundaries um, on what you're consuming, especially with the news. So a very relative phenomenon in the world, but we have 24-hour news networks just blasting our brains with money, war, sports, politics, money, war, sports, politics, over and over and over again, you're going to have to set limits on that. Same as social media. If you sit on Twitter or X and you sit on Instagram all day, eventually it's going to start stressing you out. If you are just sitting in front of Fox News or MSNBC all day, it's going to stress you out. Um, so you want to find that balance between being informed and being overwhelmed. And for some people, that's completely abstaining. And for some people, it's doing one hour of it on a Friday. And for some people, you know, like for me personally, I will not look at the news until the end of my day because I don't want the news to impact my headspace and then me to go into practice and be thinking about the, you know, this war over here or this person that like did this over here or this economic collapse over here there's always something so i won't put that in my brain before i go and serve patients uh because it will affect my energy it'll affect my interactions with them and it'll affect them so i still want to be informed about things so maybe friday afternoon i look at the news or at the end of the day i'll look at some of the news um and that's really what i mean by being intentional and finding uh, that balance between being informed and overwhelmed. And then the other thing that we all could do better at uh, the last couple weeks with the conflict in the Middle East is a great example, fact-checking and discerning credible sources. There's a ton of misinformation out there to begin with. There was a ton of misinformation in the 1920s. Today in the 2020s, we have deep fakes. We have artificial intelligence. And you can pop onto a website and ask it to make any picture you want or any high school photo you want, or any video of Joe Biden saying something that you want, um, and then just share it with the world. And most people don't take the time to read past the headline. They don't take the time to look at the source or see where it came from, and that leads to a lot of misinformation, which really exacerbates the situation. So, uh, next, physical activity. We talk about this all the time. Exercise, body work, things like cold exposure, doing yoga, going for hikes, going for a bike ride. All these things help to get you moving. They're active hobbies, and they help to decrease stress and regulate stress in your body. Getting out into nature, going for hikes in the woods, going to the beach. We all know the therapeutic effect of walking in the woods, swimming in the waves, or hiking on a mountain. It's what, how our brains developed over millennia. So these things have natural positive effects on us and our bodies and our stress levels. One of the biggest stressful or stress events for us is that we, many of us, live in an environment that is so foreign from the, nat the natural environment that we evolved in 
or that our brains evolved in that it causes a base level of stress that our hunter-gatherer ancestors could never imagine, you know? It's like if we went back in time, grabbed one of them, and then brought them to Times Square and dropped them off, their heads would almost literally explode. They, they would not be able to comprehend or deal with any of the things because we are just totally overwhelmed with some of the stresses of life, the noise, the background noise, the scatter. So getting back to nature can do the opposite for us, can help calm us and center us and really make a big difference. And then creative expression and self-care. So journaling, like we talked about a stress journal, but also journal about your life. Have that log, that you know daily reflection on what happened, where you're going, what you want, what your hopes, your dreams, yada, yada, yada. Journaling is a practice that I have a lot of trouble getting started, but it's something I'm committed to figuring out. Um, art, you know, painting, drawing, sculpting, all great ways to creatively express yourself and reduce your stress. Writing, um, either writing fiction, nonfiction, whatever it might be, you might have, um, or poetry, uh, you know, all these things can help with stress in your life and give you a creative outlet for some of the extra energy. And of course, making music, listening to music, being around music, love it. Uh, self-care, we talk about that all the time, lots of the things we talked about before, but body work, chiropractic, massage, acupuncture, um, you know, the breath work, all these things can be really helpful. Uh, yeah, so we are kind of at time here. Uh, let me know what you have questions about. Let me know what you want more of, what you didn't understand, uh, what didn't make sense to you, what didn't resonate with you, what you found useful. Uh, I'm here to make this podcast. It's not just for my benefit. It's for your benefit. So let me know how you want to see the podcast grow, what you want more of, what you want less of. As always, I'm very grateful for you being here. I'm very grateful uh, for you listening and taking the time. Um, I hope you found this valuable. I continue to find it valuable. Um, I love and appreciate you. Have a great week. Get out there. Get uncomfortable. Do something to stretch your comfort. Uh, also do something to help your body deal with the stress. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to share this podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on social at Moby Dickert and learn more about me and the podcast at thomasdickert.com.